In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. How important special days can be. Yesterday, the Feast of St. Simon and St. Jude was the 62nd anniversary of my ordination to the priesthood. That's a long time ago. But memories of that day are still so very clear in my mind, and I'd like to share a few of them with you today. The seminary I attended was rather unusual in several ways. First, it was brand new. Second, it was established to provide training for priests to serve in the Diocese of Long Island. And third, the primary focus was on what we called late vocations, meaning that students tended to be older than at other seminaries, and so classes were held evenings and weekends so that we could continue working in our secular occupations until we were ordained. I was teaching at New York University. One seminary classmate was the editor of Family Circle magazine, another was a banker, one was a private detective, and so on. Although the founder of the seminary, Bishop James DeWolf, was the bishop of a large diocese, every Saturday he took time to come and teach, and even more, really to get to know the seminarians. We had great respect, even as I think but real awe for him. His favorite way of addressing the students was, my sons in the faith. Some who didn't know him might have thought that was pompous, but to us, it was simply the truth, a wonderful truth. And in turn, we thought of him as our father in God. Now that was many years before our church awoke to the fact that not only were women fully human, but God could even call some to the priesthood. Through his 24 years as a bishop, he had been the picture of robust health, a large strapping man with a magnificent bass singing voice. There was just something about him when he was at the altar celebrating mass. It was clear that he meant every word he said that he loved his Lord, and he loved the Eucharist. For me, just to be there was a powerful experience. In my last year at seminary, the bishop's health declined sharply. He seemed to shrink in size. His great booming voice grew soft, too soft and his powerful stride was replaced by a hesitant shuffle. The day my class was to be ordained, the bishop had to be helped in the cathedral by a man on each side just so that he could walk in the procession. In those days, the ordination liturgy took over two hours, and I'm sure I wasn't alone in wondering if he would last through it, but he did, and we were ordained as priests. The custom in that diocese was that when the ordination mass was over, 
the bishop would sit on his cathedra, the bishop's chair. The newly ordained would stand in a semicircle facing him, and he would read a charge to them, making clear just what he expected of them as priests. Let me share some of his words with you now. A charge to those ordained to the priesthood. My dear sons in the faith, before you leave the place where today God has made you priests, as your father and God and bishop, I would charge you concerning matters of grave importance in the practice of your priesthood. You are to teach the revealed Orthodox faith as this church has received it, symbolizing in your life the ministry and the wholeness of the church the apostolic faith, the apostolic sacraments, and the apostolic ministry. Your first duty will be to perform your priestly functions, particularly by leading your people in worship and celebrating the sacraments for your flock. While you are on duty, you will dress as a priest so that not only your own parishioners but all who see you will know you to be a priest of the church and an ambassador of holy things. Your daily life will be by rule. As in all things, first things come first. A primary function of your priesthood is to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. Celebrating Mass is the chief joy and privilege of the priesthood. Your rule will include praying the daily office, either morning and evening prayer from the Book of Common Prayer or the offices in the monastic diurnal. You will be a pastor of souls, understanding that your parishioners, being human, will become entangled with the world, the flesh, and the devil. In other words, sin. Therefore, one of your duties as a pastor will be to become skilled in the role of confessor. In mercy and love, you will hear their confessions, giving counsel, assigning penances, and pronouncing absolution. You are also to be watchful over the sick, using the holy oils provided by the church as channels of healing and grace. Go to the sick room not to make a social call, except in rare occasions during convalescence. Go to the sick room to minister. Do not leave without bestowing God's blessing on the patient. After reading his charge to the ordinance, the custom was for the bishop to lead a procession to the doors of the cathedral. But he didn't make it. Halfway down the aisle, his strength gave way, and turning to face us, he fell to his knees. Since the ordinations had been done alphabetically, the last were first, and I was the closest to the bishop. He looked up at me, and in a weak voice said, Father Zadig, give me your blessing. With tears streaming down my face so that I could hardly see, 
I made the sign of the cross over his head as I blessed him and began to try to cope with realizing that I was a priest. Now, 62 years later, I am and I hope I always will still be in awe at being a priest. Well, that's a lot about my ordination, but what does any of it have to do with you? At baptism, the celebrant invites all present to welcome the new baptized, saying, we receive you into the household of God. Confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal priesthood. Share with us in Christ's priesthood. My brothers and sisters, the priesthood of all believers is not a second-class version or a poor imitation of the ordained priesthood. It's an awesome reality of its own. It's who you are. It's who we are. The parish women's group has been reading an exceptionally important book entitled Called to Question by a Benedictine nun, Sister Joan Chittister. In it, one of the things she looks at is the relationship of the church as an organization to its members, especially women, a relationship which all too often has left them in a second-class role. I think that could also be said about all those who have not received sacramental ordination. This sermon began by saying how important special days can be. I suspect you know the date of your birthday, but do you also know the date of your baptism? If not, how about looking it up, celebrating it for what it is, the day whether you knew it or not, you began to share in Christ's priesthood. Does that sound real to you? Do you think of yourself as being a priest of any kind? Or is that just sermon talk, hyperbole, not anything to be taken very seriously? What does it mean to be a priest? What does it mean to you to be a Christian? In John's Gospel, Jesus offers a blunt truth, one which applies to every one of us. God saying, you did not choose me, but first I chose you. So being a Christian, being a priest, is our response to God. Some of us may never have given much that thought to that, or perhaps with other concerns, what it means to be a Christian has been pushed somehow to the sidelines. My brothers and sisters in Christ, may we pause from the busyness of life to remember, and even more to affirm, that we are Christians and that in our different ways, we share in a priestly vocation. 
Whatever yours may be right now, may you find delight in it. And may you love yours as I love mine. Amen.